Hello everyone and welcome back to Nintendo Everything Refresh episode 29, the show where we keep you up to date as to everything new and exciting in the world of Nintendo. I'm your host Nick Serpa, joined today by Nicholas Shade. Hello everyone, happy to be here. And we've got Dennis Gagliardato. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? Good. Playing some good games. Good. Yeah. Stay well, insane. doing, Stay trying to play as much as possible. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of, you know, as we get into the holiday season, there's stuff now that's in every corner. <laughs> you know, so yes. it's, it's hard to keep up with it all, uh, especially in, in a in a meaningful way because you want to play all of them, right? But at the same time, it's like, you know, you don't want to play all of them five minutes at a time. You know, you want to play like, you know, you want to invest a lot of time into each one, but that's very hard when there's like 30 games coming out a week. <laughs> you know, yes, so. and when 15 of them are Square Enix RPGs. Yeah, it's <laughs> That's impossible. Right. That's right. Um, well, we definitely have a lot of announcements to talk about this week. Um, and towards the end of the show, uh, we are going to be talking about Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but before we get into all of that, I wanted to start with something uh, just kind of just interesting that has happened uh, this week. Uh, one of the many blessings of uh, YouTube is that we now have Sakurai's YouTube channel. <laughs> and uh, he has just been dropping tidbits uh, of games he has worked on multiple times a week, I want to say. Like, he's been out videos pretty frequently. Um, when Sakurai announced he was going to start his YouTube channel, I was expecting, like, a video every two months, but... Um, no, he's like more consistent than like, <laughs> quote unquote, some real YouTubers who I watch. <laughs> um, yeah, he's anyways. been going to town. I wonder if this is because like, it's like, you know, it, it, he's talked about many times how he's wanted, well, maybe not wanted, but he's like clearly a, in the mood to retire anyways, you know? <laughs> so I wonder if this is just like a sort of like backup thing where he can just kind of relax and just sort of share his wisdom and his, you know, knowledge uh, with other folks while still having a source of revenue that way, you know, but yeah. in a more casual yeah. environment, yeah. I think um, he mentioned he's not actually making any money off of it because he's having to pay all the editors and translators and everything. Oh, so it's just okay, a passion sure. project. I think he did say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, Sorry. Um, <laughs> we learned this week, no, it's good. This is good podcast conversation. Um, in his latest video, first of all, we almost didn't get the original Super Smash Brothers. Uh, he said that when he was working at Nintendo... Uh, after he launched Kirby Superstar, uh, he was working on 3D games and he proposed two games. One of them turned into Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 64, and the other one was an RC robot adventure game where you hack into security cameras. And that little tidbit alone had me wondering what would happen if we'd gotten the other game. <laughs> <laughs> like, if that would be the one that everyone was gathering up people's houses to play. And <laughs> Who would be who would have been the protagonist of the RC robot car game? Well, I I wonder if that eventually turned into something like Chibi Robo, but I have no idea. Um, Honestly, it sounds to me like Star Fox Zero, like those stealth portions. But oh, maybe, maybe. that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chibi Robo did come to mind though, like when you had mentioned that. Um, so, that was but I mean, it could be any number of things, really. <laughs> I don't know how involved he was with Chibi Robo, but. Um, but yeah, so so that was kind of you know the origins. We almost didn't get Super Smash Brothers at all, um, but it was really cool. He actually showed off um, prototype footage of the game. Um, at the time, the game was called Dragon King, and if you haven't seen uh, the video uh, from Sakurai, definitely go watch it. Um, 
my, my big takeaway from it was, now obviously this is a prototype, so the character models are all just these blocky figures, but it's crazy how much the gameplay that was shown in this prototype resembles like what we got in the original Super Smash Brothers. Like obviously it's missing some of the flair, it's missing some of the style that came in the full release, that's just how game development works, but the roots were there like from the basis of the idea, which is, is pretty cool. Um, there weren't originally going to be Nintendo characters in this game. <laughs> he said he had to like negotiate that with Nintendo because they didn't want uh, them beating each other up in a video game, <laughs> which is just like so funny to think about considering how big this franchise is now. It's always interesting, I think, um, hearing stories like these because I think you never know. It, it, sometimes people have ideas that they think will be small and you never know how you know, what's going to become of it, you know, years down the line, you know, um, depending on and how people are going to react to it, right? So hearing stories like these where, you know, here's a, here's a game that may or may not have happened that ended up turning into the juggernaut that is Super Smash Brothers, um, you know, this, this, you know, franchise that has sold, you know, tens and tens and tens of millions, um, you know, it's, it's, it's insane. But those stories are always fascinating to me. Right, because it's like, oh, I mean, you look at something like Squid Game kind of shared a similar story as well. Squid Game was done for about, I want to say, the better part of 10 years, right? But he, but the creator kept getting denied <laughs> at all these networks and stuff like that. Really? I didn't and, know that. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden Netflix was like, yeah, sure, why not? It sounds like decent enough. And then look what happened. You know, Squid Game like blew up. And there's so many things now that are influenced by Squid Game's, you know, whether it's, you know, you know gaming or other forms of uh, media, there's so much that sort of uh, is, is inspired by it now. So it's always interesting to hear stories like that that are, you know, things that probably would have never happened until someone else took a chance with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was just my, kind of my interesting tidbit of the week. Um, I, I really can't wait till we get to the inevitable episode about Kid Icarus Uprising because I want <laughs> to learn everything and anything about that game's development. Um, so yeah. But let's, let's get into our news block, because uh, quite a bit of news this week. Um, I want to start off, actually, with uh, Resident Evil. Um, so for those of you who are plugged into the gaming sphere for other consoles, there was a big uh, Resident Evil showcase this week. And it was kind of a pipe dream that we were going to get anything substantial for Switch. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here over here hoping for the third Resident Evil Revelations game. <laughs> right. not going to yeah. happen, but... A man can dream. Um, one of us, one of us. Thank you for being a, a big supporter of Revelations because I love that series personally. Thank you, thank you. Yes, the true Resident Evil remake series that we all yeah. need. <laughs> um, so yeah, there was there was some cool Resident Evil news this week, but mostly for other platforms. Um, but we, you know, if you're really desperate to play some Resident Evil on the Switch, then boy, does Capcom have news for you. Uh, Resident <laughs> Evil 2... Resident Evil 3 and Resident Evil 7. They're all getting cloud versions on the Switch, which we knew about, uh, but they're all coming like within the next <laughs> couple weeks. Um, we're getting uh, 2 and 3 in November, like a week apart from each other. And we're getting Resident Evil 7, the cloud version, in December, like a month later. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's <laughs> quite a bit of Resident Evil on Switch, just not the way that people probably want it, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dennis, have you ever touched a, a cloud game in your life, or you, Nicholas, have you ever touched a cloud game on the Switch? 
I have not experienced that evil yet, no. So <laughs> the true evil of the rest <laughs> of evil. So I I remember trying see I've only done the demos, right? Because first of all, I don't believe in paying sixty dollars for a game that is on somebody on a server. <laughs> That's ridiculous to me. So uh but I, I did try the demo for um the cloud version of Control back when that released on the Switch. Mm, and, mm -hmm. you know, credit where credit's due, it was actually pretty responsive. Um, but, it, it, you know, they're, at least in terms of input. However, uh, in terms of, you know, uh, like video bit rates and stuff like that, that was not ideal. Um, and, you know, I, I have a fairly stable internet connection and a pretty good one at that because I can play xCloud games like it's no one's business. And I always forget that I, they're playing them over the cloud, you know, and, and a similar thing would happen with um, Stadia games. Um, you know, when Stadia first came out, they were testing. So, you know, so this is not a problem with cloud as a whole. This is just a problem with cloud on the Switch, you know, and I just don't think Switch is a viable platform for even cloud content. And, uh, but again, credit credits to cloud uh, um, control was playable, um, but not ideal. Uh, but it, I've always tried them just purely out of curiosity. Uh, that, and right. then I tried a little bit of um, Hitman 3 as well, uh, over the cloud. Just, again, purely out of curiosity, but yeah, I, I think it's wild to pay, you know, full MSRP for a game that is on a server. <laughs> That's wild, you know. So. I, I think I would be, you know, like, I'm not totally opposed to the idea of it. Like, and I get, I'm with you, I think Xbox does a pretty good job with it, but I think the big thing that is keeping me from jumping in on the Switch, in addition to, you know, the price tag, as you mentioned, for these games you don't own, is the fact that these aren't really being hosted by Nintendo in the same way, is my understanding. Like, Nintendo has been helping with marketing them sometimes, but my understanding is that these are just hosted by a totally separate company that, like, does yeah. this whole cloud streaming thing, and that just seems much less secure to me. Like, I have a little more faith that Microsoft is going to keep their cloud service going longer than just this random company, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, that wasn't even the only cloud gaming news uh, that we got this week. We also got a cloud version that launched for A Plague Tale Requiem, which is a uh, very just, like, it, gosh, this game is just immensely impressive, like, from a visuals perspective. Um... It, the A Plague Tale games are just are really great. Um, the first one I played and loved. And so, again, it's great to see that, you know, the sequel is on the Switch because there's no way this game would have been able to run otherwise. In fact, this game is having issues running on some PCs and consoles that it was designed for. It's just, like, that <laughs> demanding. Um, Juggernaut, yeah. The first yeah. one's a fantastic game. But, yeah, Requiem is a beautiful game that, uh, you know, if you haven't played Plague Tale and, you know, it's your only way of playing it, then... You know, sure. You know, do your best to try if you you know you can play over the cloud because it's worth playing in any format. Just please use some of favorite implant. But uh, <laughs> but but yeah, it's a it's a very demanding game that yeah, like you said, even you know current gen hardware is is, is it's pushing it's pushing the limits. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, here's a here's a couple games that will definitely run on your Switch. I mean, you you would hope. Um, Mario Party and <laughs> Mario Party 2. <laughs> like the N64 games. Yeah, those are coming uh, to your Switch. Uh, via Switch Online. Very soon, in November, it was announced. Mm -hmm. yeah, Nintendo's releasing two N64 games a month. They're literally doubling their output. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's a way to look at it. But it's okay. They also announced that Mario Party 3 is coming to Switch Online. 
So I'm, I wonder why they wouldn't just release them all at once. I mean, three Maybe N64 games in a month. Uh, yeah, come on. Let's be reasonable here. <laughs> Does such a thing exist, Dennis? Can you really have too much Mario Party? I'm not convinced. Um, I, I mean, with the way things are going, I, I, with newer ones, yes. <laughs> but with the older ones, no. Uh, no, the older ones are classics. So yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Just give it, you know, yeah. just, just bulk drop it. Do a Costco bulk drop, <laughs> you know, of all the Mario Party. It's it's not the trilogy that everyone was asking for. Everyone's been asking for the Metroid Prime trilogy. That's but right. Nintendo right. Nintendo heard that and they're like, hey, we already like trilogies. So ah, yes, the, the MP trilogy. trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, MP, that's what you guys mean, right? <laughs> we gotcha. Uh, no, not, not to bag on these games. I know that these games are very nostalgic to a lot of people. And, uh, and they're not cloud versions, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I can't personally get excited about these old Mario Party games, mostly because I'm just I'm very happy with my uh, Mario Party superstars that came out recently. Um, that game has been great. And I feel that, like that game is great. really, really great, actually. Yeah. yeah, that was the first, I think, real genuinely good Mario Party since, like, I don't even know, 6 or 7, whichever one was on the Wii. Yeah, and it has a lot of... Um, the mini games and some boards from these first three Mario Party games too. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of content from these games just kind of brought up to modern standards. So that makes it feel a little even more curious to me, but yeah. it's I don't like, know, maybe it's all part of their strategy. I think it's like two boards from one, two boards from two, and one board from three, I wanna say. Um something like that, yeah. Know. I do think, I mean, Mario pa- maybe not so much for Mario Party One, but I think Mario Party Two and Three still stand out even nowadays as having like mechanics, boards, and whatnot that still kind of hold up, just from a gameplay perspective. Obviously, you know, visually, it's not going to be as appealing, but they're sure. still, their skill can be reasons to play them. They're still pretty decent games even now. Yes, they're still fun to be had here. And especially like with the online features of Switch Online, I can see a lot of people having fun actually using that for something like this, mm-hmm. you know. Seeing online features in this game makes a lot more sense to me than how we've seen it in some of their other releases, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So th- that that was exciting to a lot of people uh, this week. Um, maybe a, a slightly bigger announcement if you're uh, fans of newer games. Um, so we've been talking about Pokemon a lot on the show lately. Uh, but there's the other franchise that also ends in Mon. Coromon. You may be familiar with. Believe it or not, there's another one called Digimon. Never heard of it. Never no. No. Ne- um, sounds like a ripoff. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh regardless of Nicholas's uh lack of culture, uh, <laughs> wow. I'm pleased to report that uh there is a Digimon game coming to Switch. Not a brand new Digimon game. Uh, so this game is called Digimon World Next Order. Um, it originally came out for the Vita in 2016, but only in Japan. And then eventually it did come uh, to PS4 um, here in the West. Um, I'm not sure why they're porting it now, but uh, I mean, because the PS4, the English version came out like, what, 2017, I want to say? I want to say around there, yeah. I got it around that time. Um, I even imported the Vita version. And uh, that game, this is not. I'm gonna tell you guys right now. <laughs> this is not. Oh, no. uh, this, this is not a game to get excited about. Um, okay. it, it's mm-hmm. yeah. It's not. It's not a bad game. Um, but it's not. It's far from good. <laughs> and uh, 
it's this weird sort of simulation. It's a weird take on simulation, and but I think one of the most frustrating parts about that game is you can't walk five feet without some Digimon uh, basically crapping itself, and you always have to clean you mean like literally no, crapping I, I am going back yes, to the roots yes. yeah 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 because it, it's also <laughs> meant to be like a very glorified version they, they basically took what was a tomodachi and they're like let's make a sort of rpg out of it and that that's what digimon world next order is is a sort of a tomodachi rpg if you will and uh but yeah there's a lot of yeah i can't tell you how many times i've had to clean up after agumon and after like the 800th time i was like i'm done we're not doing this and i'm only like wow. seven hours into this game but i'm done cleaning up after you i just want to go explore but i can't walk five feet and pick up this flower to craft something without you you know having some sort of ibs I i'm done with this <laughs> you know I, so i would not have okay the trailer that they released does not indicate that that is even a mechanic in the game it's not selling well, points for some reason <laughs> a ton of combat <laughs> and exploration yeah i was yeah. like this looks like a fairly competent rpg if you're a digimon fan yeah but, it's but yeah no. and it, it's yeah no when you play the actual game like look at playthroughs and stuff like that or even pick it up for yourself on ps4 if you have one because it goes on sale all the time for like 10 bucks if that maybe even cheaper um but yeah it's <laughs> again it's amusing and if you're a digimon fan you'll get some enjoyment out of it but it is ultimately a frustrating and uh <laughs> yeah it's funny though i'll give you that it's it's funny uh, just because of how ridiculous and over the top it is, and hopefully they've fixed some of the um, bowel rates <laughs> for some of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, not yeah. confirmed. But uh, yeah, yeah, not confirmed just yet. Yeah, we'll email our uh, our Bandai Namco PR and ask them about that. I'm yeah, sure they'll will. be yeah. very happy. Yeah. That's disappointing um, to hear, though. I do enjoy, like, joking aside, I do enjoy Digimon games quite a bit. Uh, and given cool. that this was a Digimon World game, and those have you know a decent enough pedigree. Uh, I was hoping this would end up being better than it than what you're saying it now is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh... the the Digimon story games, Dennis. I remember you raving about those. Oh, I, absolutely. I yeah. Mean, I've, even I've heard great things about yeah, those, I, even from people who aren't Digimon fans. I really Cyber still need to play Sleuth. Cyber Sleuth. I really want to. Yeah. Just like two yeah. one hundred hour RPGs. <laughs> Cyber right. Sleuth is one of my favorite games to come out in years. At least the first one. Hacker's Memory was fine. But the original one is absolutely brilliant. I mean, that game, I put over 100 hours on my Vita. Um, I beat it after about 75 hours, but I put over 100 overall. And uh, wow. I tried going for the platinum in that game, man, but that platinum is tough. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> tough. So I had to give up um, after a while. But yeah, those games are brilliant. And I think it's funny to me that I think those games outdid, at the time, um, every Pokemon game before it. Um, wow. because it was basically what I had been looking for and or where I wanted Pokemon to go for a while, at least in terms of production value. You know, uh, Digimon Cyberlust was just this grandiose, uh, fantastic game with, you know, uh, really faithful recreations of, you know, cities in, in Japan that you could, uh, you know, roam around in. And uh, the story was just absolutely fantastic, super gripping, captivating, and truly fantastic. I, I can't praise those games enough, truly. No, that's that's great to hear. I mean, hey, at least, you know, if you're a Digimon fan and you're on the Switch, at least you have some options, which is never a bad thing. No, Not no, to no. mention, um, we just got Digimon Survive, like, mm -hmm. months ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't realize, like, the Digimon... Yeah. 
I'll be honest. I have like not even heard like anything at all about the Digimon brand in like the longest time until we started hearing about Digimon Survive. So like to me, like it's like crazy that we're getting all these games right now because maybe I'm just not in that zeitgeist. But um, you just I don't really hear a lot of people talking about it. So I guess I figured yeah. it was one of those things that had kind of faded over time a little bit. But yeah, I think it's it, definitely it's... not to the height that it used to be, but it's still around. Yeah. They're still getting different anime series that come out periodically, and obviously they're getting games as well. So I think it's probably right. still doing fine for right. itself. Well, that's uh, hey. If you're listening and you're excited about Digimon World Next Order, um, let us know in the comments because I'd I'd really like to hear from some hardcore Digimon fans about like what what is exciting about this game. You know? Is there the game, a diaper item you unlock partway through <laughs> yeah. that yeah. reduces the rate of? <laughs> exactly. If they're going for realism, I guess you know that's that's a component there. You know, people don't always think about. You have all these Pokemon just chilling in your bag and. Probably make a mess sometimes. You know, there's a lot of responsibility involved. All right. Well, on that <laughs> moving note, on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, we also got a release date uh, for a game that was announced for Switch a while ago. Uh, Oddworld Soulstorm. Um, so the Oddworld franchise. Oh, I can't say that. Oddworld. Keeps trying to say like Old World or something. More like Odd Word. Uh, odd World. Uh, Nicholas coming in with the puns (laughs) love it Um, yeah so Oddworld Soulstorm Uh, this was the newest entry in the Oddworld uh, franchise which it was a pretty big gap between games Um, Oddworld Soulstorm uh, came out I want to say a little bit after the launch of the PS5 it was was a pretty big next gen game uh, one of the big next gen indies uh, of the the flavor of the season, let's say, when it came out. Um, didn't get like amazing critical acclaim, um, but you know, overall the, the perception was like, hey, this is a really solid game in the franchise, it has some new ideas, um, and it, it looks really good on, on new consoles. The animations are really good and very detailed. Um, so yeah, this game, uh, it was announced for Switch and we learned that it is coming on November 8th, uh, and a little bit earlier in Europe. Uh, Europe is getting it this next week, so lucky you, Europe. Um, For some has reason. anyone here played a, played much Oddworld? I, I haven't. I played maybe the first one forever ago, and I can't even remember what, I think it was on a floppy disk, I'm not even joking. Like, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. You're uh, dating like, yourself here, Dennis. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, the good old days of dial-up and all of that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think I want to say it was on a floppy disk, and uh, it was fine. I mean, I, you know, I've 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 enjoyed Odd World to some extent. I think the last one I played though was like, God, I I think I want to say there was one on like 360 maybe or PS3, one one of those, um, uh-huh. and it was it was fine. But yeah, I don't know. I, the, that series has always been a little too weird for me, so I've never really enjoyed it. I feel like uh, as much um, as I as I could because I couldn't get over just how weird it was you know um, are, are you game, referring to like the design of the of the characters and just like, everything kind of general... yeah the design because they they are technically good games um but you know, but yeah i think they were just a little too you know out there but yeah like, like you said in terms of design and environment and just the weirdness of um everything i was like because i can't i can't go five minutes 
playing the game without going like, why, why is everything so weird? Uh, <laughs> you know, and like... Well, it's not called Normal World. <laughs> that's true. That, that's true. <laughs> that is true, yeah. But I feel like sometimes there's... It kind of takes away from it in an odd way. It, it, it I don't know. It's hard to explain. I don't know, but I couldn't click with it 100%. It's kind of my same deal with um, uh, Psychonauts, even though Psychonauts, I think, is brilliant. Um, again, it, 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 after a while, I'm just like, I can't look at this anymore. You know, like, I'm taking a break mm. from the game, not because I'm tired of it, but because I literally can't look at it anymore, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah, it's weird in that regard, yeah. Yeah, no, that's an, that's an interesting perspective. I, I played a little bit of one of the Oddworld games at one point, but it was also a long time ago, and I feel like it's just kind of this vague memory in my mind. Um, I'm always down for, like, a good puzzle platformer. Um, this one, it, just glancing over at Steam... Has mixed reviews. Some people really like it. Some people say it's stunningly beautiful quotes and lovers of the franchise will certainly enjoy this one. But other people say it's pretty buggy and just, you know, just kind of a boring game. So your mileage may vary. Um, you know, everything is subjective. But I, I this is, you know, again, I, I know this is not like a, a massive like showcase for graphical prowess, but it is just always like interesting to me when you see games that are kind of positioned as big next gen indie gems, and then they do end up eventually coming to Switch. You know, it it shows that the Switch does still have some some life left in it. You know, some games can still be ported over, um, as we've also seen with like Nier and some other great ports lately. Oddworld Soulstorm uh, is coming out soon on the Switch, and uh, yeah, let us know if this is something you are excited about because I know there are fans out there. All right, we're going to kind of switch gears here and talk about some uh, some updates on uh, some news stories that we talked about recently uh, and also like literal updates, like content <laughs> updates. We're, we're lumping it all together here in our new segment that I'm like calling uh, Update Your your Switch Games. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, let's, let's start with a, a news update. So last week we talked a little bit about Bayonetta 3. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are aware of uh, the drama surrounding the voice acting. I'm not going to sum everything up here, but the long and short of it is that uh, there's a new voice actor for Bayonetta in uh, Bayonetta 3, which is coming out really soon. And the old voice actor basically said that she did not take the job because she was lowballed an offer that she felt was exploitative and uh, not fair. Um, and so that was what we discussed last week. Um, this week, the story developed a little bit. We got some conflicting accounts. Um, there was a Bloomberg report that basically showed a document that indicated that, uh, no, actually, um, Helena Taylor's uh, offer was more than what she claimed it was. Um, and then Platinum Games came out and they had a statement basically, you know, kind of, not not overtly pointing fingers at anyone, but just kind of indicating like, hey, you know, there's more to the story than this. So, um, so yeah, we just wanted to give a quick update. It seems like there's a little bit little bit more going on here. It's not this black and white thing. Um, someone is not telling the full truth, and we still don't really know who it is. Um, I don't know, Nicholas. What's what's your take on this whole situation? I mean, I think the main thing to be aware of is just. At least now we have perspectives from both sides, right? Because mm-hmm. regardless of who you believe or what exactly you think to be correct, it's very hard to make opinions back when we had the original story and the only person that stated their side of the facts was 
Helena Taylor, because even if it's like a very emotional appeal and it sounds very reasonable, you know, it's still only one perspective on the whole situation. So now that we've actually gotten multiple angles looking at this, I think it's, you know, you can actually start forming a better, more informed opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's important. I think that was always going to be the caveat with this. Um, you know, it, it probably is still, you know, because one of the things Helena Taylor was coming out and saying when she was trying to explain her side of the story for the situation, her claims, you know, she was asking fans to boycott the game. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's that's maybe could be considered kind of a big ask for some people as you know considering there's still some level of ambiguity about the facts in this story mm-hmm. um so i don't know i mean i nicholas my understanding from our last you know conversation was you're not really you don't think this is something worth boycotting over has that has that changed well it's it's kind of just in in the first place it's a matter of like, obviously, um, this is something that, if true, should have been brought to attention and should be changed. Even even assuming that she did not say the truth, if that is the case, it's still something that needs to be brought to attention because voice actors being underpaid is a problem in the industry. Uh, but for yes. in terms of a boycott, it's just... There's a lot of other reasons to want to play the game other than the main character's voice acting, right? Like, right. <laughs> there's a lot right. of people working on the title other than the voice actors that might not, you know, that might not that might suffer from this if the game is boycotted. Even if developers have already been paid, having a game that's a complete flop might lead to some of them being kind of, like, kicked off the team, or the game might not get another entry in. Like, there's a lot going on there that <laughs> is kind of... At the end of the day, if you want to boycott the game, you want to boycott the game, but it shouldn't be mm-hmm. a, a fact where you would shame other people for not doing so, because it would be a personal decision based on what you consider to be your investment in the franchise and just the creator's investment in it. Yeah. Dennis, what's your take on all this? I, it's a kind of yeah. a complicated situation, it, and even, it even is, at this point. It absolutely is. Um, in terms of the, let me let me let me just say this. In terms of the boycotting, because I think that's the part that I had the most trouble with. I understand her intent to sort of find a way to fight back. Um, I don't know if that's the best way to go about doing it. And if anything, I believe it backfired, unfortunately, just because I don't know if you guys saw, but shortly after that video was posted. Um, it became uh, Bayonetta 3 became mm-hmm. the number one um, game, or at least top three game, on Amazon sales charts in four different countries. If I'm not mistaken, it was U.S., U.K., France, and Germany. I could be wrong. Maybe it was other somewhere else as well. Um, but um, but yeah, so that sort of backfired in that regard. Yeah. Um, but the morality of it is, um, I don't want to lose focus on the important point of. You know, if, for me, it's not a matter of boycotting it because Bayonetta, as a character and as a franchise, means a lot to me, right? I, I my, my cat's name is Cereza, based off of Bayonetta, right? <laughs> That's so, his dedication. Yeah, so I love, I love Bayonetta, and even though I never got, you know, a, you know, a, a proper license plate for it, I always wanted to, you know, get a Bayonetta license plate for my car, <laughs> you know. Oh, wow. um, That's yeah. So, uh, but um. But yeah, so it, you know, Bayonetta 3, a lot of people have been waiting a long time for Bayonetta 3. And, yeah. you know, and now we're finally getting it. 
and you know this story comes out which is extremely unfortunate but i think we need to put aside the fact that it's attached to bayonetta 3 and focus on the bigger issue and which is you know there is a consistent theme of voice actors not getting paid enough and i think that's should be the core focus of all of this never mind that it's attached to Bayonetta 3 and, you know, whether you want to boycott Bayonetta 3 because of the pay behind it. Um, you know, that's, I think that's irrelevant to what the core focus of the discussion should be, which is voice actors getting properly paid. But the odd part is, you know, whether Helena Taylor is telling the truth or not. And I, I know I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, but, you know, they <laughs> replace her with Jennifer Hale. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. No, I, I'm with you. Like, I I always want to give the benefit of the doubt to someone who says that they were wronged or or taken advantage of, but something is not adding up between her account and the reality of the situation, which is Jennifer Hale is a very accomplished voice actor who probably yeah. would command more money, and yeah. you know, why would mm -hmm. they go through this trouble if, you know? Yeah. Right. It, it, she's an incredible voice actress that's done, you know, voices for, I mean, she did Rivet and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, right? She's been like Cinderella and some of the smaller, you know, Disney cartoons. She's done a, a, a countless amount of anime. You know, now she's Bayonetta and Bayonetta 3. Um, I probably know her best from playing Ash in Overwatch, um, you know, and she's played... Um, uh, uh, Commander Shepard uh, in the mm -hmm. Mass Effect series, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, she has voice talent in, you know, For Honor and tons of Lego games. And, uh, yeah, you know, she's she's not, if anything, she would be substantially more expensive <laughs> than Helena Taylor uh, in terms of, you know, just paycheck, uh, but also just historically speaking, she's very, very accomplished. You know, so um, I, I'm not sure where that decision came from or if they were just like look we need a voice and we need a voice now forget it let's just get someone high profile right and give them the paycheck that we probably should have given helena taylor to begin with um but whatever that's you know that that bridge has been burned yeah. now you know right. Um, right. so yeah it's it's a tough situation to sort of um talk about especially when we don't know the full story so everything is purely speculation right and it's like you guys were saying where it's like it's not black and white and you want to give her the benefit of the doubt because there is a history of voice actors becoming you know underpaid uh you know and then of course a lot of other voice actors have come out and talk about things that they've gotten paid for right and i think the biggest problem is they don't typically get residuals or royalties which is i think the biggest problem when it comes to stuff like this where it's like mm -hmm. it's one thing if you're only going to get paid four thousand dollar per session or just overall yeah i mean that's low regardless but um, although if, i mean if you're working if you're a voice actor and you're working all the time i mean that could certainly add up sure you know, sure that's sure yeah absolutely element of that but absolutely yeah um, but uh but even even so you know i mean it's one of those things where you know royalties can go a long way because yeah i mean you're paying four thousand dollars per session and like you said you know you have a lot of stuff lined up throughout the year sure fine but you know when a game sells 30 million copies 10 million or whatever you know you like, would hope <laughs> right <laughs> like even if you got just one percent of that that could that could be life-changing for some people you know right. so um yeah I, I, I don't know it's it's a complicated situation to speak on and i you know i don't want to be you know um ignorant or oblivious to the fact that you know, I don't want to immediately take sides. Again, even though I would prefer to give Helena Taylor the benefit of the doubt, but again, I, you know, 
she said there's emails and stuff show me the emails you know show me the evidence you know just <laughs> you know if there's evidence show it you know, cor- right. you know corroborate and back well, she, up your statements she really has not done for her part right um, right I, I do think you know we're getting to the point where I think I, the conversation is going to start shifting back towards the game, you know, because the game is going to be out very soon. Yeah. Um, and I think this is going to kind of fall towards the wayside. Um, maybe not immediately, but I think unless unless something big happens and mm-hmm. she actually does present some evidence for her claims or Platinum Games really, you know, files a lawsuit or something ridiculous, I think this is going to go towards the back burner. I mean, we don't get crazy drama like this all the time, but I think at the end of the day, we're kind of at a at a standstill right now unless someone does something big. And um, I I don't know if that would be a good thing or not. Um, yeah. And yeah, it kind of you know, seems especially. It kind of seems like at this point, she even said that uh, she just wants to leave the franchise behind her. So I I don't think we're gonna get too much more on this front. <laughs> Which is also, I mean, that's just a weird thing to say. Like, if you really want to leave this franchise behind you, why would you make such a big deal about this, you know? Well, I'm, I'm... I, I mean, I, I see that argument, and I, it's weird trying to play devil's advocate, obviously, but it's, it's again, I, I think the bigger picture is, like, you know, voice actors not getting paid their due, even though they bring yes. all these characters to life, yes. right? Because Bayonetta is a massive, massive character, and her voice has always been key to I think in, to I, I think bringing Bayonetta alive. I mean no there's no character that sounds like Bayonetta. I mean sure there's plenty of characters with English accents, but you know Bayonetta has such a certain tone and a certain s- smoothness uh, to her voice that balances confidence but that seductiveness as well. So uh, that is very hard to replicate. And uh, yeah, it, it and it, it's I mean it, Bayonetta, I, I can't explain other than that, you know. So you would think, uh, you know, that such a, 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 a notable character like like her, you know, would get, um, well, you know, her her you know her due in terms of you know in a, a, a yeah. But no, we we definitely want to you know reward people who are working hard in this industry, and I don't yeah. think that's up for up for debate for a lot of people. But um, but yeah, anyways, that's that's the long and short of the situation as it is right now. Um, I don't know how much more we'll be talking about in the future, but if anything big happens, we will try and keep all of our listeners updated. Um, now, speaking of updates, let's uh, switch over to uh, software updates. Yeah, that was a smooth transition. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> so we also mentioned last week uh, about how Switch Sports was basically broken because of an update that Nintendo pushed out. Um, for those who didn't listen uh, to the last segment, basically what had happened was uh, Nintendo pushed out an update to try and combat cheating and do some other things in the back end, um, but it basically messed up the game for a lot of people. It caused the game to crash. It you know, basically made online play completely unplayable and also affected the offline play. Uh, so the game has just like not been playable for a lot of people for the past week. Um, but they put out a patch today that supposedly seems to be fixing things. Uh, so I think things are back to normal, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I'm aware. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't booted up Switch Sports since April. So. What? <laughs> <laughs> this did not affect me in any way, shape, or form. But you know. I think we knew this was going to happen, though. I mean, th- this is a game that it came out half-baked. And unfortunately, there's a lot of spinoffs lately that have been coming out half-baked. <laughs> Battle League. And, <laughs> you know, it's just unfortunate. 
that you know this has been a consistent trend um but i i think it's too little too late and i think the game it just it doesn't have anywhere near that impact that we sports did even though i think we all saw that coming but um yeah, yeah. it's it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate. It, it is worth noting though i gotta give nintendo some credit here um so they said that people who have played the game and who have a switch online membership will have their membership extended by a week basically because <laughs> of the online okay. issues which yeah. is actually like pretty good on them like I, I can't think of a lot of other companies that would do that no but i mean considering you know you can get a seven day trial for zero coins i i, <laughs> from I my know. Nintendo, you know i know it's you know, I mean, how much Look, is seven days? It's still days, nice, really? Dennis. Okay, <laughs> it is. It is. But to be fair, to be fair, and when a month is only three ninety nine, I think they could have sacrificed a month for everybody, just to kind of. <laughs> That's true. A week really breaking the bank there, Nintendo. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's good PR at least. Yeah. But um, and hey, golf know. is coming out soon. Maybe, possibly. And, and there Finally, is golf. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, free of charge. <laughs> Need I remind you? They're not charging extra for golf, so. Yeah, that's, that's something, I guess. Um, totally off topic, but they're opening a place near me that's, uh, it's, it's kind of like Top Golf, but it's specifically for, uh, like, putting and, like, mini golf. So you can go and you can do uh, mini golf and have drinks Sir. and food. I'm like, that's Sir. a cool idea. Sir, pick yeah. me up right away. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> sounds amazing. Deal. <laughs> Guys, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> it, uh, it does sound great. I'm not actually good at golf in any way, shape, or form, but I don't think that's the point of a place No, that's like not that. the point at all. No, no, but that sounds great, though. It does. <laughs> Even yeah. if you're not, you can still play Nintendo Switch Sports Golf on your Nintendo <laughs> exactly. Switch. That's right. That's Very right. little skill required. I can vouch for that personally. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, one more kind of last minute update. I uh, want to shout out here. Uh, one of the big games of the fall, uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Uh, we all know uh, Dennis's favorite game to play on the Switch specifically. <laughs> specifically, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is getting its uh, first kind of real big content update. Uh, if you're playing this game, you're probably already pretty looped in, but you can now recruit a Scar the villain from the lion king uh to come live in your peaceful valley for some reason um wouldn't necessarily be my first choice of a next door neighbor uh, <laughs> literally an evil lion but you know there's there's folks out there i'm sure you know animal fans celebrate um, and awesome. on top of that, we've also got, uh, they're added some seasonal content, so there's some new Halloween stuff, because it is the spooky season. And um, they've also been uh, patching the game and, and putting in some other stuff. Um, I'm not seeing anything specific to the Switch version. Um, Dennis, have you have you checked out the game recently? Has, is the performance yeah. any better on the Switch? Yeah. Well, uh, well, performance as a whole has gotten better um, now on the oh, uh, Series S and X. Uh, they both run at 60 frames, which is like fantastic. Like uh, I, I remember walking into the room, my girlfriend was playing, and I was just like, I mean, it was like night and day. I was like, oh my god, immediately, oh, that, that's so smooth. <laughs> like the performance was immediately noticeable. Um, on on Switch, um, it's at the very it, it more or less performs the same, but it is a lot more stable. The crashes are, I don't want to say rare, but they are much less noticeable. And um, it's stable enough, and they did add some enhancements to the lighting and the shading. 
Um, so overall, I mean, the game looks visually better. Um, now, performance-wise on the Switch, I mean, you're still getting a target of 30 frames. You know, it's not exactly hitting that in most cases, but um, but it is definitely playable now compared to when it first launched and when we, um, you know, uh, uh, reviewed uh, the game because it was... Wow, yeah. <laughs> what a what a mess pre-launch that was, and yeah, I mean, I mean, you all heard my statement, so I'm not, I'm not going to reiterate those, but uh, right, right. but yeah, I was I was pretty livid, uh, but uh, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, the game is certainly playable on Switch now for sure, but I still recommend that people, if you have the option to play it elsewhere, play it elsewhere, you know, uh, but otherwise, um, you know, if Switch is your only option, um, or if you are really dead set on playing it only on Switch. Then sure, I think now is it's finally stable enough where I think you can get uh, a a big amount of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, I I did actually just check the patch notes and it does say that they did improve stability and performance on Switch with this latest update. Okay. So okay. that does kind of echo what you're saying, which is great to hear. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is still an early access game, you know, which I think is easy to forget when they're asking people to spend money <laughs> on it. Um, yeah. But, you know, that being said, this does seem like the kind of game that's going to get a lot of updates, and they seem like they've been pretty receptive in listening to community feedback, so uh, I'm optimistic about it for sure. I've had to take a break from it for a little while because I'm just so busy playing other things right now, um, including a game which I will talk about very shortly. Uh, but I, I do really want to get back to it because I just feel like, you know, between all this content that they're adding over the next couple months and everything already in the game that I haven't seen... Um, this could be something cool in a couple more months. All right, uh, we are almost towards the end of our show, and I promise I am going to talk about Mario Plus Rapid Sparks of Hope. Uh, I am working on a review of the game. Uh, it is a very big game. <laughs> it is a very long game. Um, so I and I've really been trying to dig into the side content, so um, I'm not quite as far into it. But I do want to talk about it. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, that will be in our what have we been playing section. Just want to touch base on a couple of the other uh, big notable releases that came out this week because, boy oh boy, uh, you are spoiled for choice this week uh, if you are in the market for a new game. Um, so this was a, a surprise. Uh, we knew it was coming, but we didn't know when, and it just dropped on the Switch this week. Um, Alan Wake Remastered. Uh, it got a Switch port, and they just threw it on the store one day, and you can go buy it now. Um, have heard it's not necessarily the best port, which probably contributes yeah, it, to, it, you know, it being just released without any fanfare on the Switch. <laughs> um, yep. But it doesn't look bad from what I've seen. It, it just seems like a lot of the compromises that I think Switch players have come to expect at this point. Um, and it is, you know, 30 bucks, So, you know, it's not, not asking for a ton. Um, I am glad this game is coming to Switch because it's, we could always use more games of this style on the platform. Yeah, um, I I think you know I mean Alan Wake is an important game I feel like to the the genre of just sort of mystery action thrillers if you will, um, but <laughs> looking at comparisons again I haven't played it for myself so I you know I can't you know entirely speak for it but uh, it, it's definitely one of those games where it's like I I appreciate the effort um, but I don't think you know it was meant. For Thing because it just felt like no, yeah. sort of going to an actual wake. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this thing was 
sort oh, of. No. Yeah, um, but uh, but I mean, again, I, I I appreciate the effort, um, but I think that there's a reason why this was a surprise release because they're just like, I think we'll get more buzz, you know, if people are like, oh my God, Alan Wake remastered on the Switch, what? And then they'll just sort of buy it outright because of the history of Alan Wake. You know, they're sort of like they're too excited to even think rationally, so they're just like, oh my God, I'll buy, it. you know. <laughs> right, and then right. you know, versus like you know, if there was a lot of marketing and stuff leading up to it, it's just like, Oof, no, I'm not getting that on Switch. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So yeah. I mean, again, like, I don't think it's a horrible port like some people are making it out to be, but yeah, if you have another way to play it, you might want to consider that first, because I've heard it is e- even more impressive and fun if you have access to one of the newer uh, consoles and playing it in 4K and stuff, I'm sure, is a, a treat. Um, all right, so that was just one of the releases. I uh, want to quickly mention uh, Persona 5 Royal. Uh, that is finally out now on Switch. Um, great place to play it. This is the game that people have been begging for on the Switch since it came out. Um, so now is your time, Persona fans, to put your money where your mouth is and show Atlas we want all of the <laughs> all of the Persona games on the Switch. It's time for I mean, all. We're basically getting. Yeah. It's time for all Persona Five fans to play the game for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, no, but I mean, I'm really glad. Like, I want more people to play these games. Um, my friend, actually, he just jumped into the version that launched on Game Pass, and man, I tried for so long. I, I, I gave him my old PS4, I let him borrow my copy of the game, and I was like, his name's Michael, I was like, Michael, you gotta, you've got to play this game, and it was a classic. And he jumped into it for like an hour, and he was like, oh, that's not my thing. But he said he's been picking it up again uh, on Game Pass, and he says he absolutely loves it now, so... <laughs> I'm hoping that will be the case for a lot of people. <laughs> I definitely still need to get into that. I haven't picked it up yet because it's just... It's another 100-hour RPG and there are too many games coming out. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. If you're lucky, it's a 100-hour RPG. Uh, <laughs> but I still really want to play it, though. I really I, do. I mean, yeah. I do not think you will be disappointed when you do. Um, another uh, game I want to shout out. Uh, this is a fighting game. Uh, this one has kind of made a splash on the indie scene. Um, we've actually seen it um, pop up at some um, fighting expos in the past year or so. Uh, it's called, this is, this just makes me happy because it's a pun. <laughs> it's called Them's Fight and Herds. Like, like that, like fight and words, but uh, herds. Like, uh, because all the characters are horses. So you are playing as horses that fight each other. And horses and horse adjacent. Very silly. To be horse ad- oh, are there horse adjacent? I think there's like too? a cow. I think there's also a, uh, a llama, if I recall correctly. But oh, all no, you know, exciting. quadrupedal <laughs> horse adjacent, I guess. It's like herd animals in the same family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, if you're into fighting games, um, this one has very good reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if the aesthetic is not your thing, which is totally understandable, it seems like it's a solid game at a mechanical level. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'd be interested to see how people respond to this one now that it's getting a bigger console release. Um, yeah, because it was only on Steam. In, for a long in spite time. of the kind of niche visuals, it really has gotten like super positive responses in terms of net play and gameplay. It also looked like the story mode is actually pretty solid and fleshed out in terms of having like an overworld map and stuff. So, yeah, which especially for like an indie fighter, I mean, gosh, we've we see fighters coming from big companies that don't even you know <laughs> attempt stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you love to see it. Um, 
This is one, one kind of like oddball release I want to shout out. Uh, this was revealed during a recent Nintendo Direct. Uh, <laughs> and stop me if you've heard this one before, because I don't think you have. It's a crossover between Monster Rancher, of all things, and Ultraman. This, this was news to me. I, didn't, I thought it was just called Ultra Kaiju Monster Rancher, because it's like definitive version. But no, it's an, it has Ultraman crossover elements in it. So... It's very weird, mm -hmm. uh, but this is a you you raise kaiju in like it's like Tamagotchi, but with giant Japanese monsters, and you have them fight each other. Um, there's a great review <laughs> um, out there. Uh, I can't remember what channel it was, but um, it seems like uh, it's it's a niche game for sure. But if you're into very silly games and you're into monster fighters. Um, <laughs> it could be worth checking out, mm -hmm. I suppose. I think I've heard some positive takes on it. Like, it is genuinely a good Monster Rancher game. And I do think that <laughs> the whole kaiju aspect doesn't give it that sort of little niche that makes it pretty fun. Yeah, uh, I'd say uh, if you're trying to get a good sense for what the game is about, um, go check out the Switch Watch review. They did a good job. It definitely made me curious about it. Um, maybe a little too out there for me, <laughs> but... I do always have this morbid curiosity when it comes to weird games, <laughs> as I think a lot of us do. Um, all right, and I promise this is the last game I want to shout out in this segment, but I, I told you this was a massive week for releases. Uh, New Tales from the Borderlands. This is the... Um, it, it is a sequel to the original Tales from the Borderlands, which, for those of you who aren't familiar, was a, a narrative-centric kind of Borderlands spin-off game by Telltale Games. Um, this game is not like a direct sequel to that game. It's a similar style, but it has a new cast of characters and it takes place at a different point in the timeline. Um, game has gotten pretty good reviews. It doesn't seem like it's anything groundbreaking. Um, it's you know definitely going to be different compared to the first game. Um, you know, just having a different cast and a, a different tone overall. Um, doesn't seem like it's going to maybe obtain that, that legendary status. And I, I haven't heard much about the Switch version in particular. Uh, we did not receive a review code for it, despite asking for one. So that doesn't leave me super optimistic about its performance on Switch. I would love to be proven wrong. Um, so if you're playing this game, let us know how it's performing on Switch. Um, but yeah, I, I know we don't have a ton of big Borderlands fans in here, but... If, if you guys really do ever have the opportunity, I would recommend checking out the first one because it's just a genuinely hilarious, very well-written game. All right, and uh, that about wraps up our show for the week. Uh, but before we go, we're going to end with our classic closing segment, What Has Everyone Been Playing Lately? And uh, Dennis, let's start with you since uh, it's been a week or two since we've had you on the show. What, is, what have you been up yeah. to? Yeah, well, honestly, not uh, as much as I would like, but um, I, I have um, been uh, investing a lot of time into finally, because I can finally get in. At first, I, I couldn't, but uh, I can finally. Uh, I've been, pl been playing a lot of um, Overwatch too, and uh, uh, congratulations! Uh, you thank got you. Accepted into thank the you. servers. I, <laughs> I did. He joined I did. the club. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. It's 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 Overwatch. <laughs> I mean, just as as we remember it, um, it's. But it, uh, all jokes aside, though, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's great. So I mean, you know, if you enjoy Overwatch to begin with, you're gonna love Overwatch too. Really, literally, not much has well, changed. Because it's the same all. game, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's literally the same thing. Every, everything that would have been new is being held off until 2023. So I think Overwatch—the real Overwatch 2—doesn't come out until next year, really. <laughs> so you know, all the PVE stuff and 
the sort of hero upgrades and um, things like that. Uh, it definitely feels a lot more scaled down this time around. Like they're definitely pushing the new push mode um, more than anything else because you can queue for all roles in just about any mode and you'll nine times out of ten you'll get the new push mode. Um, and I don't know if that's just to sort of ease, you know, uh, new players into um, Overwatch as well, you know, and not mm. overwhelm them with a million different maps. Um, so, you know, now that it's free to play, uh, but, uh, but overall, yeah, I mean, it's Overwatch as you remember it. It's, you know, so, I mean, if you liked it to begin with, you're going to still love it now. Um, the, I will say, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have been seeing articles and stuff lately, but, you know, people have been asking for loot boxes back. <laughs> Wait, actually? The, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, and, like, they uh, want it in the game. Yeah. Why? Yeah, they Versus, want it in like, the, the traditional structure. Well, loot boxes just felt a lot, even though you couldn't really control or know what was, you know, coming out of it, you know, and what you were going to get. Um, it, what, it just felt a lot more accessible because you could easily grind them out, at least for me. I mean, I never felt like I had trouble getting what I wanted, um, whether it was a legendary skin or, or, or something, you know, fairly common regardless. Um, so... But now, you know, with the Battle Pass, you know, as most free-to-play games, if not all free-to-play games at this point have, um, you know, you do have to... The, the grind isn't necessarily the problem as it is the how they treat um, what you do towards progressing in the Battle Pass. Um, they have challenges and stuff that you can do to help um, get substantially more experience than you normally would in just completing a, you know a random match um, uh -huh. towards your battle pass so let's just say a normal match would give you 500 XP um, I you know completing these challenges can give you 3,000 or sometimes even 5,000 XP and it only takes about 10,000 experience to um, you know uh, gain a level um, each time so uh, you know doing these challenges uh, definitely helps things but you can you're limited to how many challenges you can do per day so for example with daily challenges you can only do three a day and then for weekly challenges um you have well you have seven days to do them um but those challenges more often than not are not <sighs> difficult isn't the word but tedious? they are laborious it doesn't, it doesn't yeah, sound tedious. fun yeah. the way you were yeah. describing <laughs> i mean right. i'll be honest and, you lost me when you said the word battle pass i mean yeah. it's just kind of like a yeah and, and me, you know but... Yeah, and, and like I, I get it, you know, it's like you got to make money somehow, but, and, but a lot of the stuff in the store that you can buy individually is obnoxious also. Like, you want me to pay a thousand Overwatch coins, which basically translates to ten bucks um, for like this basic ass looking skin? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's a palette swap. Get out of here, Blizzard. You crazy? So, the, people are asking for loot, watch, uh, loot watches, <laughs> loot boxes back because. Um, it just, despite the randomness of it, um, they were just easier to get, you know, and it was fun to work towards them because at the time you could do every three matches that you participated in, win or lose, um, you would get a loot box, right? At least for your dailies, right? And then, uh, but if you just, every time you gained a level, you would get a loot box. And gaining a level was pretty easy. Um, you know, just play maybe three or four matches and you would gain a level. And that would also increase your player level, your rank. Now, your level is based off of your battle pass position, which means every season you're going to go back to zero. So your rank doesn't really mean anything unless you're doing competitive. But even that gets reset every season as well, right? So 
there's not much value in terms of the I guess it's not sounding like they put a lot of thought into like making the system more fun for players. It right. sounds like they were making all these changes based on, you know, what seems to be popular right now in terms of right. how multiplayer games are structuring and it just is not working. Investor exactly. feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And and I pretty much accepted at this point that, you know, if majority if not all skins moving forward are just going to be, you know, both in the battle pass and um, just in the store, I've just accepted the fact that you know what I guess I'm not getting skins anymore. <laughs> you know, but I, I play the yeah. game because I enjoy the game, right? It's, it is a fun, mm -hmm. fun game. They've nailed the mechanics, the foundation of it, the core gameplay is incredible. Um, but yeah, the outside of the gameplay itself, it becomes problematic because you know, I mean, it's yeah, they're just skins, they're just cosmetics, but I mean, they're they're fun. It gives off personality, right? It gives off player personality in terms of, you know, what you want for your player icon, your player banner, you know, how you want your heroes to look, you know, the, mm. um, the emotes you want to use, the voice lines, the sprays, so on and so forth. But, um, but yeah, all of that is, all that charm is sort of uh, lost, unfortunately. That personality and that customization is lost when everything is now pretty much behind a paywall. Um, yeah, so, that's yeah. a shame. I mean... I, I'm not going to say I'm surprised, to be honest with you. I was kind of expecting something like this well, when this game yeah. launched, but um, it's, it's still not what you want to hear. You know, I'm, I'm, I know a lot of the people who were looking for this game are, are disappointed with how it's panned out, but yeah. I guess you know the benefit with these types of live service games is things are always going to change, and hopefully developers are listening to this type of feedback, and you know, I hope for your sake, Dennis, that they, uh, they make it more fun and more rewarding. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, let's let's hope so. There's definitely a lot of improvements to be made. I, I think in terms of coins, um, you know, I'm just gonna say this as my last thing, but the 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 coins in particular, I think should be included in the battle pass. They're not. So you know, the only way you're gonna get coins is by spending real money or doing those weekly challenges. But let me let me say this: those weekly challenges, um, you get only uh, 60 at most a week. So you know, you get 30 for completing. Let's just say five or six challenges, another 20 for doing maybe a total of eight challenges, and then uh, 10 more for completing uh, like a 10 or 11 challenges. And uh, yeah, so 60 a week, but you know, your skins are, you know, anywhere between 10 and $20, if not more for these bundles, 30, $40. Yikes. You know, as, so, yeah, it yeah, takes like over 10 joking. days to get Yeah, yeah. Mm. like it's, yeah, no, we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, I can safely cross that one off my list of games of interest um so thank you for that dennis i appreciate <laughs> yeah, that uh, no problem <laughs> let me know if you want um, to play some <laughs> <laughs> nicholas what about you what have uh, what have you been up to lately uh game one yeah so still playing some splatoon 3 as a side game i recently finished up everything yeah. i wanted to do with uh, xenoblade 3 so i'm just you know putting that down until the next wave of dlc um and you know with all the, everything releasing this month, I thought it would be a great opportunity to just kind of ignore all of that and go back to other 50 plus hour RPGs, which is why I am playing through sure. Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> um, the original? I mean, I think some people would say there's not a bad time to play through Final Fantasy this VII. This is true. But yeah, I had originally played the game back in like 2020 uh, and dropped it because Xenoblade Definitive Edition came out. Which I guess kind of makes it ironic that now that I finished New Blade 3, I'm coming back to it, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, like, partway through Disc 2, and I've been procrastinating not, like, getting back into the game and actually properly finishing it, so I'm hoping to finally get around to that and 
you know, finally marking that as complete in the backlog. Yeah, and hey, maybe right in time for uh, the Crisis Core. Uh, yeah, that's out. true. I uh, definitely going to be interesting. I already know the plot beats of Crisis Core just because you know uh, okay. it's been around for <laughs> forever. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, but you know, it'll be fun to actually finally just get the original Final Fantasy VII done with, and then eventually I might move on to the remake at some point as well. But start with the beginning. Yeah, I um, I've played quite a bit of Final Fantasy, but I I have not played seven mostly because I I I know it's a, you know I know it's a classic, but I I do have a hard time going back to the RPGs with just the static backgrounds. <laughs> I, I I can play a lot of old RPGs, but those ones I have a hard time with. Um, so I I, I do really want to go and, and play the remakes at some point. Um, I actually have it installed on my PS Five right now. But I'm I'm kind of holding out to play the Crisis Core remaster because I know it's silly. I know the prequel came out <laughs> after the games, but I feel like it's a good place to start, you know. Um, but you know, playing since you've been playing through the original version, or I should say the Switch port, um, how's your experience been? Do you feel like it's it still holds up? Do you think it's still fun and entertaining? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm kind of still just de-rusting. Because, you know, old RPGs having to jump back in after not playing it for, like, two years. Sure. <laughs> There's a lot to try and relearn and figure out. And just, like, what have I already done? What am I still needing to do? But I do think it... <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> yeah. uh, I do think it holds up, though. Um, visually, it's definitely not as impressive as it once was. That's for sure. Like, you said stack backgrounds. Sure. They still look fairly nice, but they're still kind of dated. Uh, the models are still... The in-battle models aren't too bad, but the overall models are very polygonal. <laughs> um, but the core of the game is still solid, right? Like, the core of the game is still well-built, and I think it still holds up. And that's really what makes the game fun. It has a good combat system. Yeah. The material system is well thought out and ends up giving you a lot of customization on what you can do. Uh, story is obviously still good. <laughs> so... Yeah, still enjoying my time with it. Good to hear. Yeah, I think if I ever was to jump into those older Final Fantasy games, I mean, Switch is probably where I'd want yeah. to do it. I think they'd be easier to digest. You're, on you're not exactly game sacrificing game. performance or anything, so you might as well. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, well, cool. No, I, that's good to hear. I, I always like hearing about old games. Sometimes it ends up making me reconsider and be like, oh, maybe I should go back and play that. <laughs> we'll see. Um, as for myself, as I, as I promised, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Um, spoiler alert, in case you haven't read any of the reviews that are already out, uh, it's a very, very good game. Um, it pretty much blows the original game out of the water in every conceivable way, in my opinion. And um, while I'm not quite done with it yet, um, I think even if you have zero interest in strategy games, uh, you should play this because it will impress you and you will have more fun than you think because it does not feel like a strategy game a lot of times. <laughs> Which I guess could be a good thing or a bad thing. I guess I should say you can make it feel like as much or as little of a strategy game if you want to. Like you can, you know, if you want to really focus on like, you know, equipping your characters with, certain you know sparks and giving yourself buffs and debuffs and you can do that if you want to try and like 
you know, wipe out an entire battlefield before they even had a chance to do a turn. You can do that. Or if you just want to, you know, just take your time and just, you know, go around the battlefield and dash in enemies and stuff, you can do that too. So it's, um, it's a really just like, it's a game that really lets you play how you want. And I think that's going to make it really approachable to a lot of people. Um, you can even like, if you're really just averse to it, you can, they have some accessibility features where you can really just dial in like, you know, oh, I want the enemies to do more damage or I want them to do less damage. You know, I want to play with invulnerability on if you're having a really hard time and you just want to progress. Um, so I, I like seeing stuff like that. And I, I think it's stuff like that that's really going to make this game reach more people. Um, and the exploration is just, it's just, man. Uh, we, uh, this is like a level of exploration that like just feels very satisfying compared to the first game. There are so many just tucked away secrets and... Um, you are always rewarded for going off the beaten path and taking on, you know, some challenging fights to see what lies beyond that that blocked pathway, <laughs> and um, it's it's very very good. Yeah, that's great to hear. I really want to get around to it. I probably will when the game goes on sale within a few months because it's a Ubisoft game. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's just great hearing because you know we've talked about this. At length, but the first Mario Plus Rabbids was such a a surprise, you know, breakout success, and it's great to hear that the second game just still falls up on that, and it wasn't just, you know, one-time fluke, they just managed to land it when no one was expecting it. Like, no, this is a genuinely well-built game and well-built franchise with developers that care and know what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you, you can just really just see, like, the amount of care that went into it like, at almost every turn um specifically I'm, I'm just talking about just like the art direction and the the level of detail and animations it's it's all just really good the only i would say gripe i have with it is that i don't actually think it looks or plays as good as the first game does um it does stutter a lot more there's a lot more frame rate drops um i think partially just because of the bigger scope and it doesn't look quite as crisp um, or as colorful, I would say. Even on my, on my Switch OLED, I don't think it, it like pops as much as the first game did. And, um, but those are really my only grievances. Like, it's okay. still an amazing game, and if you have any interest in it, I, I would recommend it. Dennis, are you going to pick it up at some point? Yeah, probably at some point. I'm, I'm definitely interested in it. I'm a, I, I think uh, basically everything you've said has, is one of the is a big reason why it's it appealed to me. I didn't know about the accessibility features though. I think that's fantastic, um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested in it. Um, I couldn't click with the first game I think as much as other people, and it's not because I don't like uh, you know strategy RPGs, especially that that's uh, those that are more in the same vein as like XCOM. Because um, uh -huh. I, I, that's actually quite the contrary. I, I love those types of games. Um, but um, but I, I, for me, the first one felt a little too... Uh, it, it sounds like it's a little different this time around from how you've explained it. But the first one for me felt a little bit too... Um, I, I didn't like the fact that I would walk a little bit. It would be battle, 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 battle. Slight little area like a little tiny area where you can sort of uh, quote unquote explore, yeah. you know, and then battle, battle, no, battle again. About. Yeah. It, the repetitive nature of that and the lack of true freedom 
um, really, really bothered me. Because I was like, if we're going to do this in succession every time, then just do it in succession every time. Or, or have like a level select or something, because this is like a false... You're giving me a false world, basically. You know, And it's beautiful, don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful, stunning world that they've designed. And, you know, so there's a lot of great stuff to look at. But I, it's underutilized, and I'm, a, I'm big on environmental design. So when you have such a fantastic environment that can't really be explored or appreciated, that bothers me. Um, and because I'm just like, man, I would really love to go over there, only I can't because I'm, you know, confined. I'm restricted to the confines of this little four by four space, <laughs> you know. Um, and I'm not even talking about being in the battles. I'm just talking about really just the roaming aspect of it, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Just crossing I, a bridge, going into a battle, that <laughs> bothered me. Crossing another bridge, going into a battle. I'm like, why even have me walk if we're gonna, if I'm gonna have to jump into another battle five seconds from now? Just get me into that battle. Yeah. It, just, it bothers me. I mean, I imagine that yeah. semi-open areas probably help with that, right? Well, yeah. So I would say, you know, the game's first planet is not, like, massive. It's it's a good size, and there's some room for exploration. But, I mean, you you really are just kind of dropped in and been like, all right, here's your main objective. You can go do that if you want. Or you have all these other, you know, points of interest on your map that you can go explore. And it usually is just like some type of battle, like that is most of what you're doing in these objectives. But occasionally there are things like, you know, like traditional Mario things, like you've got your red coin challenge, where you just run around and collect your red coins, and you know, so there's there's some traditional Mario stuff in there too. Um, but yeah, once you get past the game's first planet and you hit the second one, which is uh, Pristine Peaks. Um, now I played part of that in the in the preview session I went to in San Francisco, and at the time it was like, oh, you know, it's it's not massive, but I realized when I was reviewing the game that I had only seen a small part of it and the planet was so big that I had to like be consistently checking my map to make sure I wasn't lost and I wasn't overlooking something like it's there's a lot that, that to is see in this very game. exciting to hear <laughs> yeah it's it, it's I think part of it is just because of how how well they like weave things together like there's I, I know it's an overused word but there really is like a lot of verticality like you really do have to like be like oh there's something up there but i can't find the path to get up there so i need to go explore and you know it's it's really cool uh so i think your concerns dennis i think if you play this you'll be pleasantly surprised yeah okay cool yeah i mean that sounds that sounds great and everything i've seen from it just looks really really fantastic i mean the charm and the production value it seems like they really outdid themselves this time around yeah i definitely agree um but yeah, full review is still on the way. Um, like I said, I'm only about halfway through it, and that's with me sinking about 20 hours into it. So um, yeah, quite a bit more. But um, I will have a review up on the site soon, hopefully. So stay tuned for that. And that is our show for the week. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. This has been episode 29 of Nintendo Everything Refresh. Um, if you like what you hear, please spread the word. Our show is on all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, you name it. And we are also on YouTube, if you prefer. Uh, you may already be watching on YouTube. Thank you for your support. Uh, and that's all we got for you. We'll be back at you next week with everything new and exciting in the world of Nintendo.